Welcome back to Chronosphere Fiction. This is your host, Daniel French, bringing you the finale of Monday through Friday at the Smith's Residence. Be advised that this story carries some adult content. Please remember to support Chronosphere Fiction at patreon.com slash chronosphere. Send your questions or story submissions to chronospherefiction at cox.net. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. And now, Monday through Friday at the Smith residence. Act four, scene three. Randall is fast asleep in his bed. Albert sits on the lower bunk, brooding. Tessa is sitting on the living room floor, fully clothed, watching TV absentmindedly. Carlisle is there with her. Graham sits at the dining room table while Barbara sets it. Frank stands in the kitchen as well. Please, Tess, let me help you. Tell me what happened. I felt like spending a little time with my brother before he heads home. What's so wrong about that? Nothing, Dad. Stop asking. Carlisle sighs. <sighs> we made plans. And there was a change of plans. You're acting weird. Oh, don't give me that crap. Don't I always, Dad? Give it a rest, will you? We're home now, aren't we? Tess. Stop questioning me. I thought perhaps you were working late. All right. Oh, please. Do you want to smell my breath or something? Frank approaches Barbara. She recoils. Carlisle exits the living room and makes for the kitchen. Don't come near me. He stops. Calm down. You're hysterical. Go to hell. Believe me, there's nothing I'd rather do than drink. Carlisle enters the kitchen. Strange. It's just strange. What's the matter with your girl? Not entirely sure. I think she has some kind of argument with Albert. Oh. That's a shame. If you'd like to speak with him, he's in his room for terrorizing his brother. I think I will check in with him, just to get to the bottom of it. Bring him down for dinner when you're done with him. You got it. Carlisle heads towards Albert's room. Let me know when the family's ready to have dinner. Frank goes and takes a seat in the living room, where he and Tessa watch TV in silence. I'm sorry you were here for that, dear. It's not your fault. Thank you. Barbara takes a seat next to Graham and begins to weep. He comforts her. Carlisle reaches Albert's door. He knocks. Knock, knock. You in there, Al? Albert is slightly panicked to hear the voice of his uncle. Yes. May I come in, have a quick word? Yes. Carlisle enters the room. Hey there. Hi. I'm not angry or anything, mind you. I'm just a bit worried about Tessa. When your dad and I got here, she was sitting down there watching TV, and she's been there ever since. She's a bit mum on the details, but it's my understanding that you had some kind of fight with her? Um, sort of. Well, give me an idea. The thing is, Uncle Carlisle, I, I don't want to get her in trouble. Thank you, dear. Barbara finishes setting the table, having calmed down. Is that it? Yes, sir. You can tell me, Al. I just want to know what's irking her. You promise you won't get mad at her? Promise. Okay. Well, we were in the living room. This was right after I got home from school. And she was writing something. I asked her what she was writing... And she said, a love letter. To who? I asked. And she said, to you. To me, Uncle Carlisle. Is that so? How would you like a little sister, Graham? Yeah, I didn't know what to think. That'd be kind of nice. She said she had a crush on me. I thought it was kind of weird since we're cousins and all. But she started begging me for a kiss. I think so, too. 
There are enough boys under this roof. She said she'd stop nagging me if I gave her one, and I... I did. Just to get her out of my hair. But she kept begging. I asked her to stop, but she wouldn't. I had to leave the house just to get away from her, but she followed me, asking why I wouldn't give her a chance, so I, I ran. But she chased me. I lost her and came back to the house. I went up to my room to hide from her, since neither you or mom or dad were here, and Graham wanted the room all for himself. So he beat me up and then told mom when she got home that I beat him up. Carlisle sits next to Albert and puts his arm over his shoulder in a fatherly manner. Albert winces. Sorry to hear that, pal. Sometimes it feels like the whole world is lined up against you, doesn't it? Have you finished your painting, love? I guess so. Almost. That's because it is. Say, you weren't lying to me just now, were you? No. Don't you believe me? What if I don't? I'm telling the truth. I think things will be different once the baby's born. Are you sure? I hope. Yes. Honestly. So do I. Barbara mixes herself a drink. Carlisle stares at Albert blankly. A smile quickly spreads across his face. Good boy. You don't fold under questioning. That's a valuable skill. One you'll be needing. What are you talking about? You remind me of myself, you know? Did your pop ever tell you that when you were born, he called me up from the hospital and he asked me if I'd been sleeping with his wife? He was joking, of course, but the likeness wasn't lost on me when I visited. You were three at the time, if I'm not mistaken. You chase butterflies through the garden, but you never catch them. <laughs> My was cute. I don't remember. Not surprised. We introduced you to Tessa, and she said hello, and so did you. We knew you two would get along just fine. Yeah. She's a bit confused when it comes to boys sometimes. It's been hard for her, you know, without her mother. I hope you're not too upset with her. I'm not. Good. I tried to teach her and to protect her from the people that want to harm us. Who? You've got a lot to learn, Al. Knowing is the only way you can fight them. Fight who? Carlisle becomes a different person and seizes Albert roughly by the shoulders. The latter is stunned. The controllers, Albert. The state. I began to notice them around your age. They came after me. They'll come after you as sure as anything. Uncle Carlisle. Ignore them and they've already won. They've already gotten inside of you. You're a smart kid. Don't tell me you haven't noticed some strange things around. Like what? The agents. You see them off in the corner of your eye. You turn your head and they've already darted behind a tree or sped off. Eventually, you can feel their eyes on you, but they won't dare get close if you demonstrate that you know they're there. You've got to make them keep their distance. You're scaring me, Uncle Carlisle. Good! You should be scared. They will infiltrate your life before you know it. They'll get under you and they'll do whatever it takes to integrate you. I don't understand. They'll sneak into your house when you're sleeping. They'll poison the food in the refrigerator. They'll put state-mandated supplements in the food and you'll never know. They'll creep into your bedroom if you let them move things around just to unnerve you. I get up in the middle of the night and the door's unlocked, even though I'm very careful to lock it. I move whenever they become too invasive. They back off for a while. Albert, they'll turn your entire life upside down in ways you can't even imagine. And it runs deep. Oh God, does it run deep. What do you mean? There's no way to tell who's in their employ. Sometimes it's just a look that they give you or, or the way they shake your hand, but they are all around. They're probably in this house already. Like? Yes, even your own family, the people you love the most. Don't let them know you know. You should start looking for cameras in the walls, at your desk, at school. You must prepare yourself. I guarantee that you're already on file. What do they want to do? Program you, Albert, like an ant. You think people ever stop and consider what their lives are? Do you think they see the patterns? Of course not, because they've already been trained not to. 
Knowing will be your greatest weapon. You think that someone here works for them? Someone. Anyone. Everyone, maybe. I loved my wife, Albert. I loved her dearly. Yes, my partner of 13 years and the mother of my child, yes. She was working with them, passing them information. I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to. I had spent years with this woman. I loved her, but I had to take action. What did you do? Carlisle begins to tear up. <laughs> I made the hardest decision of my life, Albert. One I never thought I'd have to make. I even considered giving in to them, surrendering, living the life that they planned for me. But I did it for Tessa. I couldn't give her to them. I had to keep fighting for her sake. She's all right, you know, she isn't one of them. Uncle Carlisle. Carlisle begins to shake Albert violently, turning on a dime once more. Are you even listening to me? Do you think this is a game we're playing? You've got to fight them every step of the way. You'll see. You'll find out for yourself. Oh yeah, they'll put radios in your head. They'll communicate orders non-stop. People are assigned to talk to you all the time and keep you up at night. Are you prepared to resist that sort of persuasion? Stop! They won't stop. They don't. You're in danger. They know we're speaking. They know you're like me. That's all they need. Albert, terrified, breaks away from Carlisle's hold and speeds from the room. No, I'm not like you. Albert hurries down the stairs, frantic, and bursts into the kitchen. Carlyle, seemingly confused by Albert's fear, composes himself instantly and, standing, calmly returns to the first floor. Hungry? Uh, yeah. Take a seat. Breathing heavily, Albert sits at the table uneasily. Carlyle shortly enters the room. Glad we could have that chat, Al. Yeah, me too. Would you be so kind as to gather your brother and your charming little girl, Carlyle? I'll go fetch Randall. Sure thing. You behave, Albert. Barbara leaves the kitchen as Carlisle steps into the living room. What are you so upset about? Dinner is served. Nothing. About time. As Barbara ascends the stairs, Frank strides past Carlisle and makes towards the kitchen. You look- Shut up! Tessa. Frank enters the kitchen. Hi, boys. Hi, Dad. Hi. Are you coming? Frank sits at the table. Do I have to? Barbara knocks at Randall's door. I'd rather you did. Randall! Randall stirs. How are you two? Fine. I don't want to. Randall, it's dinner time. We have family over. I expect you to come to dinner. Please, Tess. We're guests in their house. And their family, after all. You look a bit pale, Albert. Randall sits up, groggy. I'm coming. Tessa stands and plaintively walks past Carlisle toward the kitchen. I'm fine. Well, don't dally. Barbara heads downstairs. Tessa enters the kitchen with Carlisle not far behind. Albert and Tessa glance at one another, look away and deliberately avoid eye contact thenceforth. Randall gets out of bed. You like meatloaf, Carl? Love it. Carlisle and Tessa take their seats at the table. Randall starts from his room. If only my wife were here to enjoy it. Barbara enters the kitchen and sits down with the family. Randall's on his way. I hope he's feeling better. So do I. It's a shame you won't be here tomorrow evening to see him play. It is. It is. Randall shambles into the kitchen. He looks terrible. Everything okay, son? Yeah. Randall sits down. The table is ripe with tension and, at first, silent. Well, who's going to say grace? I will. Go ahead, little brother. They all join hands. Thank you, God, for the blessings of family and freedom. We're all so lucky to have each other and to be living so well, I might add, in the greatest country on earth. Your generosity has not been overlooked, and our gratitude is our faith. Amen. Amen. The family begins to eat. Albert very quickly, Tessa very slowly, and Randall not at all. You'll choke, Albert. I'm hungry. You're not eating, Randy? 
Not hungry. You gotta nourish yourself for the game tomorrow. Looks like you could do with some sleep, son. I've been sleeping. He's just recovering from a nasty cold. Yeah. They eat in silence for a short while. So what have you kids been up to? Tessa? Albert? Nothing. Nothing? Is that right? Yeah. We just stayed home. It was hot out. I see. Say, Tess, what would you think about staying with us for a few weeks over the summer? Uh, or maybe we could have Al come and visit us. I, provided that he can get his grades up and factor out summer school. I don't know. Oh, come on. You two aren't going to let one misunderstanding spoil things between you. You should have heard the things Carlisle and I said to each other when we were young. But we were always pals. Oh, yes. We were a very expressive pair. Even Pop was surprised by how colorful we could get. Dad, what about summer camp? Oh, yes, that's right. Tessa told me that she wants to take part in this program the local zoo offers. Oh, well, maybe spring break in that case. Maybe. More silence. We uh, aren't a talkative bunch tonight, are we? No, we're not. Graham, how's that drawing of yours coming? It's almost done. Maybe you could give us a peek after dinner? Albert stops eating. Um... I don't really like showing people unfinished work. Uh, I understand. Albert continues eating. Barbara, how was your day? Oh, same as always. No news is good news, eh? That's right. Frank, darling, how is the meatloaf? It's fine. Good. I look forward to eating a meal of your making tomorrow evening. What's that? Remember, dear, you promised to make dinner on Friday. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Will we? Not now, Barbara. You told me that you would. First you promised to make dinner last night, and then you went back on your word. Now... I've got conferences tomorrow evening. I forgot all about them, so I might not make it back in time. So, Saturday? Or do you have an excuse for then, too? You're hassling me because I've got to go to work. Because I'm putting bread on your table. On this table? The subject is closed. We can discuss it later. Is that satisfactory? Yes, dear. Silence. Hey, didn't you guys tell me over the phone that Randy was going with a pretty young lady? Frank and Barbara exchange glances. I might have spoken too soon. Oh, don't you worry, Randy. Plenty of fish in the sea. He receives no response. Well, Frank, how about that DeLorean in the neighbor's driveway? Stop! Just stop! Stop what? Stop trying to make conversation. Nobody wants to talk. Tessa. None of this shit matters! Watch your mouth, please. No one at this table is happy. Except maybe you, because you just live in your own world all the time. That's quite enough. I think it's been a long day for all of us. But let's try to keep our heads. Albert finishes eating. May I be excused? No, you may not. Why? I'm done. Fine. But head straight to your room. What's the boy done this time? Shouldn't he spend some time with his uncle and his cousin while they're here? He attacked his brother again. I'm not putting up with this any longer. Did not. Graham attacked me. No, I didn't. You did. He wanted the room all to himself. That's nonsense. It takes two to tango, Barbara. What did he want the room for? Why don't you I tell don't him, Graham? For painting. He's lying. Well, what? Don't. He was with Susan. What? Is that true? Why on earth would Susan be here and seeing Graham? I bet they were screwing. No! Ugh, you little monster! You're lying! She was here? It's not a lie. She was here. And she talked to you? Oh my. Graham, did Susan come here to see you? Tell me the truth. She did. Dude. What the hell is going on here? Graham? Explain yourself, young man. All eyes are focused on Graham. She's a good person. She came to talk to me because she was afraid to talk to you, Randy. And she came in through the window because of you, Mom. And she left because of you, Albert. She just wanted someone to talk to. Randall reaches over and seizes Graham by the collar. If you touched her, I'll fucking kill you. Barbara slaps Randall's hand away, jumping to her feet. Get your hands off of him, Randall. Don't worry, Randy. He probably didn't. 
Haven't you heard the rumors at school? Graham's a faggot! Little shit! Barbara smacks Albert squarely in the face. Ow! Christ. Graham, overwhelmed, runs from the table and exits the kitchen. Graham! Barbara hurries after him. Frank, exasperated, slowly gets to his feet. Graham climbs the stairs. Carlisle remains seated, unsure of what to say. Tessa, void of emotion, stands and leaves the room. Albert rises, thrown off by the chaos, wanders into the foyer. Randall takes his seat once more and begins eating. Tess, having entered the living room, takes a seat and flips on the television. Graham enters his room and slams the door behind him. I'm sorry. It's... it's okay. Frank strolls from the kitchen and waits by the base of the stairs. Graham walks to the other end of the room and turns. Barbara arrives at his door and knocks on it. Graham? Graham? Graham sees that his painting has been covered. Graham, please. After a short pause, he steps toward it and removes the sheet. Finding only red, he begins hyperventilating, backing up. Graham, answer me. He turns and runs to the other end of the room, throwing open his window. He begins to climb down the lattice. Graham! Just before we lose sight of him, he loses his footing and plummets. He lets out an ever-so-brief yelp before a very audible thud is heard. Barbara, full of fear, runs downstairs, right by Frank and out the front door. Frank follows her out. Albert heads speedily up towards Graham's room. Barbara utters a blood-curdling scream from outside. Carlisle and Randall look up. Albert, entering the room he has shared with Graham, runs to the window and looks out of it. Barbara appears in the doorway, hysterical, looking all around. She bolts up the stairs. Frank re-enters the house in a trance. Seething, Barbara bursts into Graham's room and finds Albert. Carlisle, call an ambulance. You poisonous little beast. She charges at Albert and, grabbing his throat with her hands, begins to strangle him. Carlisle hops up and moves to the phone on the wall. Albert struggles, choking desperately, but to little avail. Carlisle dials 911. Finally, Albert kicks her hard in her pregnant stomach, and she releases him. Shocked, she backs up slowly. Oh my God. Oh my God. Blood drips down her leg. Hello, I need an ambulance right now. Frank. Frank. Frank! Blackout. Act 5. Scene 1. Friday. The house is largely empty. Randall sits upon his bed, staring blankly at his lap. An empty pill bottle lies on his floor. Albert sits on Graham's bed, looking guilty. Barbara steps through the front door. She is numb. She ascends the stairs very slowly. She steps to Randall's door and knocks. Randall? Yeah? Aren't you playing tonight? Fuck football. Barbara unresponsive, moves to the door across the hall. She enters without knocking. Albert looks up at her and hastily looks away. Barbara does not look at him. Taking her time getting there, she takes a seat next to him. I received a call from your father while I was at the hospital this afternoon. He was at the airport. He said that your uncle and your cousin had boarded their flight back to Wisconsin and that he was going to spend a little time at the home of a friend, his drinking buddy. He said that things had just gotten too crazy for him over here. Carlisle wishes you well, by the way. 
Albert says nothing. Nine months before Graham was born. This was when we were living in the city so long ago. I was walking home from the movie theater. It was date night. Your father had stood me up. He was working late, you see. It was fairly late at night. I'd seen True Grit with John Wayne. I took a shortcut through the park. It was winter and it was pitch black. Without any warning whatsoever, I was seized upon. I begged him not to, but he never said a thing. And neither did I after it happened. I didn't tell Frank. He might hit me for it, or even leave me. Your father rarely performed then, so I knew whose it was. I wanted to get rid of it at first. At first it disgusted me, but I didn't. I just couldn't. Though he never said a thing, your father knew as well. That's why he shunned him. Graham wasn't his. No, he was mine. He was the only thing in the world that was all mine, and I loved him for it. They said that it was a fluke. From only the second story, he fell backward and landed on his head and broke his neck. What did you tell them? That he was simply sneaking out. That we'd warned him again and again that he'd hurt himself. I meant about... I said I tripped and fell down the stairs, rushing to attend to Graham down in the garden. It's all over. Barbara rises. They say most of us lead lives of quiet desperation. Untrue. We make all the noise we can. We kick and scream and cry for something better, but no one hears us. No one's listening. It was a girl. It was your little sister. Albert is unaffected. Barbara carries herself to the door. Barbara at last looks at Albert. You're just like your uncle, you know. Unfeeling. Delusional. Insane. Barbara leaves the room. Albert, struck by her words, begins to cry like a small child. Barbara heads down to the kitchen where she lights a cigarette. Following a period of nothing, the doorbell rings. Barbara looks up. Curtain. And that concludes Monday through Friday at the Smith Residence. Written and narrated by Blake Benlin. Barbara was Jenna Scanlon. Frank, Paul Cantor. Randall is Antonio Denunzio. Graham is Will Geary. Albert is J. Dean Garcia. Susan is Mackenzie Jensen. Carlisle is Eric Lorden. Tessa is Rosanna Jimeno. Production sound effects and music is Daniel French. Blake, Dean, and Mackenzie are also part of a Fishbonious podcast known as The List Game, a conversational improv game. Be sure to check it out when you get a chance. Now shine up your chain mail and sharpen your swords, because next episode is Chapter 5 of Gafgarn the Eternally Unfurnished. Until then, keep your cosmos clean. <laughs>